Now that you've found UBN Radio and discovered our quality talk shows, it's time to spread the word to friends, family, and the universe. 24 hours of music and talk. Radio without limits. That's why people keep coming back for more. That's UBNRadio.com. Welcome to Distill It with Richard Listen's show. I am the host of the show, Peter Sobey. I'm always happy to be here, and I'm even happier because I get to introduce the fine folks around me with this show, and I will get right into it. The Richard Listen's part of Richard Listen's, Dr. Richard Olberger. And now for something different, I'm going to pass it to... Uh, Richard, to introduce the fine individuals from the distillery. <laughs> you, you, you How know, about that? You tonight. know the scouting report that I can't hit a curveball, right? Right. You, you tried this up in Stanford. You saw what happened. What's right. her name again? <laughs> yeah, she looks really familiar. What's her name? Just having a little bit of fun. <laughs> That's what we do here. We have a little fun. We mix professionalism with, with our passion. Yes. So it's my pleasure to introduce... Two ladies <laughs> who are inspiring me, empowering me, and doing so for businesses and athletes across the land. They are not limited to Los Angeles. My fine co-hosts, Wendy Rosenthal, whoever. What's your name? And Amy it's a dramatic. It's a dramatic. <laughs> There's no room for dramatic pause here. I get, take, take it away. <laughs> right. And so Richard passed it right along to Wendy and Arab to introduce themselves. So it we're all here. The gang worked. is They're all laughing. here. It worked. It worked. Yes. We have a fantastic show coming up for you tonight. We're going to be talking about analytics in sports. And we have a very special guest that we are going to be bringing in the show in just a couple of moments. But uh, in the analytics world, I mean, this is like top of the mountain, baby. This is going to be good stuff. So before we get into analytics and such, just a couple of things really quick that I wanted to touch on. Uh, I want to make sure everyone stick around to the end because we have a great lineup of shows coming up in the future, and we're going to announce some of those shows. So if you stay with us to the end, you get to hear a little preview about what's coming your way in the next couple of months, and that's pretty darn exciting. I'm excited. Yeah, that's really exciting. So, ladies from the distillery, you had a great fundraiser this past week. We did. How did it go? It was really fun. We had a really big turnout. People were very excited. It was more than I think that we had yeah. expected. Yeah. Very cool. Got a nice write-up in California Apparel News, by the way. Yeah. So, Amazing. Wow. Yeah. And unfortunately, I couldn't make it to the event, but I've been dying of curiosity. There were... NFL players on the runway, right? So can we finally say who they were? Or? Oh, I'd have to remember all of them. Uh, William Hayes from the LA Rams. Um, Orlando. Orlando uh, Skandrick, Skandrick. former. Wow. Or current cowboy. Yeah, current. current cowboy. They're current all cowboy. current players. Yeah. Um, Roby. Mr. Roby from the Denver Broncos. Yes. Um, you know, Peter, that is a curveball that wow. you should have prepared me for. Because uh, I would have made sure I wrote everybody's name down. Yeah, you were there, Richard. Who else was there? No, I'm a little mad at Peter. He didn't show up, and 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 I got that gorilla interview with Jamie 
Jamie Monroe. Jamie Jamie Monroe. Monroe. Just all of a sudden, I didn't know. I was in security mode or Rich and Listens mode. I didn't know what to do. It was kind of confusing. So I want to see how the interview came out. But it was a great event. Awesome event. And great great money was raised for kids. Amazing event. Amazing education about children's charities. And uh, I'm amazed what uh, the women of the distillery do in their spare time. Their multitasking is, is really amazing. It was very professional at the... Four Seasons, no, Beverly Wilshire, Beverly Four Wilshire. Seasons, yeah. yeah, hotel, and this was, uh, there were, it was a fashion event. It really uh, was. You know. The fashion was amazing. We should not sell that short at all. It really was pretty awesome. Yeah. That would be the Fashion Setters Gala for Jarvis, so that he can put Very it up nice. so that everybody can see. I could see him over here going, <laughs> darn it, they're doing it again. Jarvis is mad. He's like, you didn't give me the lead way <laughs> now. On. Everyone's mad here. <laughs> There's just all kinds of bars being thrown around here. And you guys gave out like a fashion forward award to our friend Terrell Owens. Terrell. Oh my God. Uh, Honest to goodness. I hope he's not listening right now. You weren't the only one that night. Yeah. Just for the record. I know, but I should have learned my lesson by now. I but I spit it out thinking like if I don't think about it, I'll get it right. Yeah. Think about it. Think about it. And our listeners will be happy to know. And he looked great, by the way. My dad was like Wow. Yes. He, he, was a he really is a fashion setter. He was a gentleman, and he hung around at the end and took photos, even even with the likes of me. And his fans should be happy that he did pull the Sharpie out of the sock. He did. And, uh, and, and a football Wendy a was football. tossed, not me. No, it not was me. not given to Wendy. But No, that was going for charity, by the way. So wow. he was doing a charitable act while receiving an award for you being see. charitable. You see? Amazing stuff. So... Also, um, don't forget, if you're watching us right now on Facebook Live at facebook.com slash richardlistens, be sure to write us a comment, ask us a question, contribute. And if we have time, I'll definitely mention it on the air. Is like a lot of our fans that have been with us for all these weeks and months and contributors. And already it's like, uh, you know, I, I hate to like always... Uh, <laughs> You know, be dominating our fan list here, but go ahead, show off. You know, I've I've actually got a couple of uh, of uh, great friends from back in my high school days. Carrie Burns and Sue Vigor Baumgartner is with us. Hi, Carrie and Sue, and of course we have the Carpentersville contingency. AJ Collier's on board. Yay. AJ, Yay, AJ, he's our man. A show without AJ. And uh, and a neighbor that lived five houses down from me, and we played baseball together, little league art. Gracia is with us. And AJ, just a really quick shout out to you. Last night, the top 10, one of the top 10 sports center plays, number nine, was a collegiate female lacrosse play where she made this like crazy, like behind her back, under her legs hmm. shot into the goal. But awesome. I mean, think about it though March Madness, hockey, uh, baseball preseason, or spring training, all this major stuff's going on. And female collegiate lacrosse made Sports Center's top ten. That's amazing. Right. That's awesome. Like I loved it. That yeah. was incredible. So very cool. Hi, AJ. And everyone else. And yeah, write us a comment or a question. We'll mention it. And really quick before we get to our incredible guest, um, at the end of the show, Richard will mention a little bit about uh we're gonna be at the UCLA athletics department this Wednesday. We shall. So don't all come you, out to meet us at once. If you stick around to the end of the show, you'll hear a little bit about that as well. But we want to get into it because our guest is patiently awaiting from Chicago, Illinois. And it's just, it's got nothing to do with the fact that I'm from Chicago. But we uh, we actually were introduced to him through another great fan and former guest of this show, Dr. Matthew Lefferman, 
who was on the show before, and he brought this gentleman to our attention. I'm not going to go into a lot because his background, I want him to talk about his background. Right. But he is the professor of computer science and director, master of data science at Illinois Institute of Technology, Professor Shlomo Argamam. Welcome to the show. Argamam. Sorry, I think I kind of said Argamam, but it's Argamam. Shlomo, welcome to the show. Can you hear us okay? I can. Thank you very much. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, and we see you and everything. It's amazing. So I said you were like top of the heap when it comes to analytics. I mean, ITT, Illinois Tech... IIT, excuse me, Illinois Institute of Technology. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. That's amazing. So before I start asking you questions, though, Shalom, before we get into it here, um, you gave me uh, a couple of different bios and stuff, but I kind of want to read part of one of your bios to our audience because I looked at this and it's it's almost like to a layman like me, it's almost comical. <laughs> and I want to share with their audience because it it's, it's just like, okay, like, what do we make of this? So here we go. This is uh, Professor Shlomo. I research computational methods for style-based analysis of natural language using machine learning and shallow lexical somatic representations, exploring applications <laughs> in intelligence analysis, forensic linguistics, biomedical Informatics <laughs> and Jarvis humanities going, scholarship. He's looking for something he can research. <laughs> He's like, wait, holy, give me something. I can. Give me one I, word. <laughs> I currently work on connecting ideology and personality to language use and on extracting and analyzing the meaning of metaphors. I am particularly interested in elucidating the relationships among linguistic structures, individual reasoning, and social context. Wow. It sounds like English, doesn't it? So, Absolutely. Now that we have a handle on what you do, Almost. Professor Shlomo, it's like, uh, I we, don't We need to say nothing else. Really. Yeah, I don't know what else we need to talk about. I think we got a great handle on it. So before, uh, you know, everyone starts, we've all got so many great questions for you and stuff. But just to start with, why don't you go ahead and tell us in analytical terms or layman's terms about who you are, where you're at. Sure. Um, you know, I can translate a little bit of that into, into normal too uh, while I'm at it. Um, what, I, what I do in my research is I look at how, how to get computers to understand human language better. And people talk to each other. It's, we do it very, very naturally. We understand each other. And occasionally we have misunderstandings. But we don't realize how difficult it really, really is and how much information we're conveying without even knowing it. Uh, in the words that we choose to use, um, you know, everybody knows about body language, right? Yes. Um, yes. So the thing is, there's body language in our actual language. Some people use some pronouns more than others, and that may tell us something about their personality or something about where they come from. Uh, and my research is trying to find those little cues, tr- trying to find sort of like the the hints of what people feel or what people you know, their ways of thinking, like, you know, political ideology, you know, are, you know, somebody right wing or left wing politically, based on how they write about things, and even not about politics. We can, we, we can figure a lot of that stuff out by looking at the language. And, um, you know, that's what the research is. And now uh, you're a professor at Illinois Institute of Technology, but mm-hmm. you're also, what does it mean to be director and master of data science there? 
So about um, about four or five years ago, we started a master's program in data science. And data science is this new field that's been emerging over the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years, where uh, we're putting together people who know how to build big computer systems as well as people who know how to do statistics and analytics, which I know we're going to talk about a lot of uh, later today, to help regular folks understand what's going on better. Uh, people who run businesses understand you know, what kinds of products they should be selling it at what times and which, which seasons or together, um, you know, how to help uh, 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 coaches uh, help you know, better strategize which players to put on the court at a particular time. Um, how to um, help uh, hiring managers figure out, you know, which uh, which possible uh, possible employees will be best for different positions by looking at actual data because we're gathering so much data today. Targeting ads, uh, there's one that you know we all love to hate, right. uh, but face, Facebook is watching you, right. and they're doing analytics to figure out who you are and to give you ads that will get you to buy things. All of that, that's data science. And so we're teaching people coming from a whole bunch of backgrounds, not just computer and statistics geeks like myself, but you know, people, we have people with history backgrounds or science backgrounds or business backgrounds, and we teach them these things, and they, can go, they, they go off in the world do all kinds of cool stuff. And now a lot of people listening might be thinking like, hey, I thought this was like a sports theme type of show. And, <laughs> uh, and welcome to the show, Mike Swimney. Thank you. Wendy's significant. Oh, and Wendy, we forgot to mention your hat. I like the green. Is that in for St. Patrick's Day or? Absolutely not. Okay. It just matches my pants really okay. well. But, but also, I'm, I'm, I, I love autumn, and this is my autumn out, my autumn look as we welcome spring in. Mm. Right. You know, just trying to say goodbye to autumn one last time. And it Winter. is very, it's kind of chilly out today. Can so Shlomo analyze patterns of hat wearing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we have. <laughs> Wendy has vowed to wear a different hat for every show, and so far she's succeeded. So, but yes, this is a sports show, and Wendy's kind of our resident article looker-upper and <laughs> reader and stuff like that. And so, and actually it was an article that Dr. Matthew Lefferman sent to us that brought you to our attention, Shlomo, and Wendy what was it about that article and the men's basketball team that piqued our interest? Well, first of all, I think what was so interesting, and thank you for being with us, um, is that the coach had like an aha moment where it sounded from the article, maybe you can enlighten us more about really what the process was, where he was noticing his players being very interested in the the weight machines and how they worked, and, and he he realized that that's, the, the type of player that he has and and somehow he figured out well maybe let's see if I can do something beyond just getting these guys to play is that correct and can you tell us a little bit more about the story of how how you and coach Kelly kind of came together well the, the 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 whole backstory before he got to me um, you know is essentially what you said that he saw his players in the weight room not lifting weights but calculating things because we're an engineering school so our basketball players they're engineers and what do they do they're, they're if they're training they try to figure things out mathematically and use all of their engineering skills and he realized you know we're an engineering school maybe there's some way of using those talents to help the team so use 
all of the different skills and facilities and knowledge that we have in the in the whole institution. Uh, and he talked to some people who talked to some people who eventually sent him to me. And we put together a project with some of our data science students. Uh, and uh, the rest is history. Maybe we should say really quickly that um, the the reason it really interests us is because of the fact that, first of all, obviously the team is doing amazing things now, um, and he credits your work and your, your students' work for part of that. But mm -hmm. um, I think it's... It, we try and look at a 360-degree view of, of sports, um, a life in sports. And this is, I think, an aspect of sports that is totally on the rise, totally impacting um, not only the enjoyment of the sport by the fans, because now fans are getting into analytics in a much deeper way, but they're also really changing the whole landscape of sports in general. Um, I wonder, do you know if Coach Kelly knew a lot about data analytics as it relates to sports? Had he heard anything about it, or it was just, um, let me see what I can figure out? Well, I, he'd, he'd heard about it, and there were some statistics that he came to us, he came to me with, and you know, he wanted to see if we could calculate those. Um, and we realized pretty quickly that we could calculate the statistics he was interested in. Uh, but we could, go, we could go even further than that. Um, there, are, there, are, there are some sort of standard analytic statistics that, that they use in the NBA. Um, and it's pretty well known that, that most, of the, most of the big teams use analytics in some, in some fashion. Uh, so that's sort of where we're starting from. And did what you and your team design, was it? completely new and out of the, you know, completely different than what, say, the professional teams are using? Is it coming at it from a different perspective? Um, a little bit. Um, there, were, there, were, there were two particular sort of innovations that, that, that our students came up with. Um, and I should mention just two really great students, Larry Lane and Dennis Bajic, who did just, just great work on this. Um, and are those one the two the, guys in the photo from the Chicago Tribune? Yeah. Okay, yeah, we're yeah. seeing them right now. Okay. With the yeah. coach, with Coach Kelly there. That's right. No, they, they, they just did a, did really a bang-up job and had lots of creative ideas uh, to, to make this work interestingly. So one of the things, and we can, we can talk about the specific kinds of analytics that, that we use in this. Um, you know, and ba basketball is a really hard thing to do analytics for because it's very fast-moving, very team-based, lots of interaction. So one of the things is when you look at statistics – you're generally looking at statistics of a particular player, how many shots they make, how many shots they don't make, how many blocks they manage, you know, when they're on the court, when they're off the court, what's happening. Um, but what, one of the things that our students did that, that we, we don't, we haven't, I haven't seen anybody that's done this, is to say, well, we can measure statistics for a single player, but we can also measure statistics for more than one player, pretending that they're a single player. And in that way, we can know not just how good is this player at three-point shots or field goals or defending or, or something like that. But we can know how good is this guy at three-point shots, at making three-point shots, when this other guy is on the court with him. Because there are lots of interactions, because they pass to each other and so forth, right? So that really, and that, that gave, we, we, um, you know, they, they, they built a whole system that would recommend different, uh, you know, different squads to be on the court for different purposes. So for example, if you're at the end of a really close game and you're ahead, you want a very good defensive squad so the, the other team doesn't score. Or you know, if you're a little bit behind, you want a, a very offensive squad that's likely to score, uh, things like that. Um, so we could recommend different squads to the coach for different situations. But we, we get different squads for the same purpose when we look at 
how do the players play together? And wow, that it sounds really like cool. really revolutionary. I mean, is that something that they can outsource to other teams or anything like that? Or is that Illinois' very own technology now? Well, in principle, we could outsource it to other teams, but we're not outsourcing to any other teams in our league. Well, right, right. <laughs> but I mean, NBA teams might be hearing this tonight and say like, whoa, Professor Shlomo, we want to get our hands on that. Uh, my phone's open. <laughs> How many how many, how many scenarios did the did the guys have to think through to be able to you know create a model that could figure those things out? I mean, there's like the how, algorithms al- must be wild. It I must mean. be totally incredible. I mean, just thinking awesome. like when you're saying, you know, uh, it's the last two minutes of a game yeah. and and we're down by ten, or yeah. is it that detailed, or is it just a few broad? Scenarios? Well, it's 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 more sort of broad things, and we. The way that, to think about all of this is we're trying to provide tools to the coach and the players. It's, you know, it's really, this, this really a deep collaboration. One of the things that, that really gets me excited about this kind of thing um, is the fact that you know, the coach is doing his thing, the players are doing his thing, we're doing our thing and contributing, but we're just giving them tools right. to do what they do. So we're coming up and saying, okay, this is the best squad if you want to make lots of three-point shots. This is the best squad if you want to make field goals. Uh, and so forth. And the coach says, well, in, during the game, okay, in this situation, I want my field goal squad, right? So they're very sort of general concepts. They can't be really, really detailed of this is exactly what's going on. But, right. but, but let, me, let me tell you about the other thing that our students did, which was really innovative. Please. It was so innovative that it didn't work. <laughs> wow. Uh, but Ahead of its time. Hopefully, you know, we're, we're, we're continuing with this project and eventually we'll get this to work, which is understanding our team and then looking at a, you know, some specific team that we're playing against and trying to simulate the game mm-hmm. with putting different players in the mix on our side. So then we can figure out which are the best, best mixes of our players against, against a other particular team. other team based on their record. Wow. Fascinating. Based on knowing the, the, the statistics of their players. Right. And that would be really cool. But how, how come you think it didn't work out this time around? Well, one of, the reasons, one of the reasons is one of the difficulties that they were contending against, and they put in a lot of just, just incredible work uh, dealing with this, is there's no, there's no standard for league statistics, mm-hmm. at least certainly not in our league. And uh, the NBA has standards, and, and you have total data on all of the teams and all the players and what they're doing every single second of every single game. Um, we don't have that in our league. So in a lot of cases, we're, we're relying only on box scores. We don't even have play-by-plays. Wow, okay. Uh, so they had to sort of infer the characteristics of the different players of the different teams. For our teams, we, we, we pretty much did. Um, although these students also had to go back to videos to make sure that the data was all correct. Um, it's a lot of work to do this uh, in basketball, as you might imagine. Mm. Uh- um, I can imagine but, uh, actually hi- hiring somebody to watch the other teams, you know, through the course of a season and just being responsible right. for like taking certain statistics, you know, and and, and tracking exactly. the players. Are you, trying, are you yep. trying to link Shlomo to Spygate? <laughs> yes, exactly. What's going on here? Exactly. Now, <laughs> I'm also curious as to how it is that you can measure more of the intangibles. So, I mean, I think for some of us who are used to reading about data analytics and, and we're, we're used to talking about, you know, muscles and you know injuries and things like that but what about mm-hmm. intangibles like emotional factors and how that affects a, a, an athlete perform an athlete's performance so data analytics and psychology for example is there such a thing well 
there, there is such a thing. Yeah. Um, I can talk about it in the context of basketball or sports, or sports more generally, much more theoretically, because we haven't looked at that. I, I don't even know of people that are looking at it in a really deep way. Yeah. Uh, but you can do it in principle because if you have some, if you have, if if you have some sort of a model of how psychology is affected by the situation, and then how the situation's actions are affected by their psychology, you can then, if you have enough data, um, fit the data to the model, and then predict somebody's behavior based on what's going on and based on what you can assume their emotional state to be. Uh, and then, you know, first of all, check to make sure that those predictions are valid. And if they're valid, use it. Uh, but that's a very, very hard thing to do because all that stuff's, as you say, intangible. It's sure. all hidden. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we, you have know, we have a have resonant, have a lot of data to do that. We right. have our resident psychologist here with us, Dr. Richard Ilberger, who's been known to know a thing or two about sports psychology. So, Dr. Richard, we have a dialogue here between you on the psychology side and we have Shlomo on the analytics side. Where do those two things meet? Well, I just, you know, when you when you talk about validity, Shlomo, I wonder about things like Aristotle mentioned, you know, the human variable. How do you account for mm -hmm. uh, injury? So statistics don't pick up why performance may be lacking at a particular point in time and may suggest a, a replacement over a starter, um, you know, based on a certain period right. of time. Uh, or other things like, um, you know, some player is not as good, but just like you said, he makes the other player better or emotionally. He's just more confident when he gets on the court uh, because he knows so-and-so is looking for him and they practice well together. Um, or who knows, you know, like just the chemistry is increasing mm -hmm. between a particular unit. How do you um, account for that? And then how do you deal with that in terms of with the coach in factoring in room for error, which we know well, in any statistical research we have to, right? Yeah, no, that's 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 a great question. Um, I think a good analogy of how, how to think about analytics in this kind of a uh, of a domain is to think about what the analytics gives you. The analytics kind of gives you a um, uh, a a view from above, a sort of course level view of what's going on. Um, whereas the coach will be able to see exactly what's going on with his players at a particular point in a particular game. And the coach has to use his judgment in terms of using our analytics as tools, uh, but uh, there's a lot of information that our analytics is not able oh. Whoops, we just lost Shlomo for a moment, but uh, we'll get him back in in just a moment. Uh, we're, we're talking to Shlomo Argman, who is professor of analytics at Illinois Institute of Technology. And uh, because we're, we're on the... Uh, we're with him via Skype. We just simply lost the Skype connection. But it's really interesting because we're talking about analytics in sports, and he started a program with a couple of his students there with Coach Kelly at Illinois Institute of Technology, and they were utilizing it and actually saw some good results from it. And we do have uh, Professor Shlomo back with us right now. Okay. We just had a little Skype drop there, Shlomo, but now we can see you and everything is back live again but you're in the middle of answering dr richard's question yeah is that analytics gives sort of a broad overview if you think about say trying to um improve traffic flow you might think about having um sky cams watching the traffic flow uh, but that's not going to tell you specifically what's going on in any individual place in the highway what the cars 
you know, what certain cars may be, may be doing or maneuvering or that there's somebody trying to do some crazy maneuver or something. So you have to take into account both the sort of the broad sort of averages of what's going on together with sort of more detailed information that, that only the coach may, may know or the specific players. One of the things that are, one of the ways in which our analytics, the coach said that our analytics really helped is by giving feedback to the players so the players better understood their own strengths and weaknesses and their own playing styles so that then they could improve how they played and how they played together by understanding themselves and each other. And, and when they do that, how does that impact your algorithms? It, do they, is it something that, that changes as the players change? That is a great question. Um, the analyses certainly will change. We can't, I can't tell you that exactly because we did this last summer on the previous season. So now we have a whole new season. So this summer we're going to be doing it again. And, you know, ask me again in August or September and I'll have an answer. <laughs> Peter, can you note that, please? Yes, so I will make a note of it. And a follow-up question to that. But first we have Andrew Ben-Hanan has joined us, a friend of mine and a friend of all of ours. Aitan Braverman has joined the show. Welcome, guys. Hey, and um, I don't know how much of this you can answer or not, Shlomo, because I don't know if it's, you know, team secrets or something, but... You know, we know that analytics are now in so many sports and all the professional sports. Mm -hmm. You know, it became really big with Moneyball when the book yep. and the movie came out. Like, I'm kind of dying of curiosity. Here you are working with a coach of a collegiate basketball team. Like, how much interaction do you have between each other, between every game? Like, do you have, like, a person, like, on the bench in his ear? Or do you guys just have a meeting before a game? Like, how does that all work out? I'll tell you, I wish that we had somebody there in the games, and I wish that we had people working on this continuously. Um, these are academic projects, and the way that this has worked is we did a project over the summer doing a bunch of analytics, and we were really lucky that uh, nearly all of the players who played last season also played this season, so that we could use all the results of those analytics. We're not doing everything after every single game. We're not updating, and even so, uh, the results uh, kind of speak for themselves. Uh, we got to the championship game in uh, in our league. Yeah, which was amazing. Congratulations on and that. Your, and your coach so, was named Coach of the Year, as I read. That's right. That's in right. The division, which is fantastic. No, he's 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 taken the team from uh, you know a zero x team uh, to getting to the championship game in just a few years. That's um, We're happy to contribute, but he he did he's done great things. So, Shlomo, you mentioned being a part of creating these tools um, and, and how the players now have these uh, tools and helping them feel, I, you know, I won't even use the term. How would you say it's impacted the players and their, this transformation they've gone through to a winning team? Well, from, from what I understand, and I really haven't talked to the players to, to, to get their, their direct feedback about this. Most of what I have to say is filtered through Coach Kelly, um, is they were really, really interested to get this kind of feedback and to have sort of a different view into the game that they're playing. Because as I said, the analytics kind of gives you a 50,000-foot view of what's happening. And when you're playing, you're in the thick of it. And getting that 50,000-foot view, I mean, you get a certain kind of a higher level view from the coach, but this is a different kind of a view. And uh, so they, re they, they really like that. Um, and I think that they, you know, as I've said, you know, the results speak for themselves. 
Um, they're also engineers. So, you know, they love to have, you know, quantitative kinds of things to, to, to sink their teeth into. Yeah. And, you know, we're in March Madness time right now. I'm sure I'm sure, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, a lot of teams out there that, you know, we're always following uh, Princeton, waiting for them to have a big upset and Yale. And, and there's mm-hmm. other schools out there with some let's just call it a high level of brain power um, as a, you know, not that they're not physically gifted to be division one athletes as well. What is the, you know, if you were to think real big picture about this, the ability for those players or any players, even at the younger levels who may be headier players um, for this in individual development and team development. Um, I think there's, there's a lot of potential in a lot of different ways Um, in terms of team development. I think, I would imagine, I don't actually know specifically, but I would imagine a lot of these teams already are doing analytics. I mean, a lot of the Division I teams uh, have analytics teams uh, working on working with them to, to do these kinds of analytics. Um, but there's, there's also a lot of room for analytics in terms of individual development, as you say, uh, and developing programs that really can be, can really personalize and really watch the data of individual players, both how they play, how, Physical development uh, and so forth um, to you know to create these kinds of feedback loops where more information is fed back to the players, to the coaches for the training, for playing, um, and a lot of improvements can be made. Uh, you know, I mean, Moneyball was a was a created uh, this whole revolution that we're talking about here. Um, so I think there's there's a there's a lot further that it can go. Especially in a game like basketball, where we still don't have all the data because it's really hard to gather, and as we get better at that, uh, we'll be we'll be doing a lot better. I, I read a, an article that talked about how some sports might be more difficult to analyze at, at a certain level than others. Mm-hmm. How, do you? I know you haven't done it in other sports, but given your background and, and knowledge, you know what what's what are the better sports or better aspects of so, sports to analyze? Where you can get the data that you need to to really make it relevant, right? Well, there's a there's a reason that baseball was the first big money ball sport. Um, it's a relatively slow moving game. Pretty much one thing one thing more or less happens at a time. Um, there's uh, not a lot of interaction between players for the most part. So you're looking at individual player statistics and individual player performance uh, and putting that together. So, so baseball is sort of very much on the easy end. Basketball is further towards the difficult end because you have a lot of interaction between players. It's a fast-moving game. It's hard to, to gather all the statistics. You have to watch very, very closely to see what's happening. Was it, you know, was it, was it this guy or that guy that blocked the shot uh, so that you can write down the right statistics? So games like basketball or hockey... Fast-moving games where there's a lot of interaction, passing, and so forth between players. Those are going to be hard ones. So, uh, Shlomo, our uh, listener and watcher and big fan of the show, AJ Collier, asks, uh, "Can you ask Doctor Professor Shlomo and his students if they can help him with his NCA bracket next year? Because Villanova's loss killed him this year. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll put you guys in touch and." Uh, Absolutely. We only have a few more minutes left with you, Shlomo, but there's one question that we were all dying of curiosity of, and I know all our watchers and fans out there are really dying of curiosity about this as well, and it kind of comes in the what came first, the chicken or the egg category. 
So here you are. You're an incredibly, highly, highly intelligent analytical professor that does that paragraph of stuff I read in the beginning of the show. (laughs) Are you a sports fan? When you came to this, were you a big sports fan, or did you grow to be a sports fan? Well, um, to put it this way, being on a sports show like this was probably the last place <laughs> that I would have ever have expected to be. <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, but I'm becoming much more of a sports fan as, as, as this goes on. I love it. And, you know, you're based in Chicago, so <laughs> are you a Cubs fan? Uh, I... I'm a Sox fan. Okay, you're oh. a South Sider. Okay, <laughs> I know, I know. I, I was. I'm a North Sider. I live on the so. North Side, but I work on the South Side. So. Oh, okay, okay. But no, that's like that was you know kind of weird. Diana curiosity about that, and does it give you an actual whole new appreciation for basketball since that's a sport you're working closely with? Oh, it sure does. It sure does. I mean, the you know I. You know, one of the things that I that I love about data science, you know, I'll, I'll get back to sports in a second. One of the things I love about data science is I get to do work with all kinds of different people in different fields and different problems and different industries and things like that. And I discover in every single, you know, all, everything that people do, there's lots of really cool and interesting stuff going on there mm-hmm. and lots of stuff to be interested in. And, you know, I just, just love learning more about basketball you know i when when this game you know, when the project started i knew well okay you throw the ball into the basket you get points <laughs> uh you don't travel um <laughs> and i i think i knew that there were five men on the court at a time uh, okay um but i've learned quite a bit since then um and i really enjoyed it and i do want to wrap it up with a couple more things about you yourself but i do want to bring it to the round table here does anyone else have any other questions for Shlomo before we start wrapping them out? Well, I have one just because, you know, my, my thing in working with uh, somatic psychology is always about how emotions enter into the body. Mm-hmm. And hearing you talk about data science and your passion, and it's, it's really objective, like you said, and distant. And then being around this team that became a champion that close, did you notice at all the emotional mind taking over and yourself picking up a little bit on that? excitement of what it's like to be around a team or picking up on anything that makes sports uh you know give so much meaning and joy to to some of our listeners or did you keep just an objective distance as a researcher well i i think that i've kept more of an objective distance although it's really difficult not to get swept up in the excitement and i was following just very closely as we you know we we won more and more games then we made it to the uh, to the postseason, and made it to the championship game. Uh, it, was, it was really very exciting uh, for me as well. So, you know, the, the emotions really just kind of sweep you in. Yeah. And thanks for being here and for making Thank that, you very that much. leap all the way around the spectrum. Yeah. I, I Wendy and Arup, yeah. I had one more question. It may sound kind of an, like an odd question, but is there such a thing as having too much data? Can it get to a point where it's not helpful anymore? The more oh. the the more you delve down, the more angles you can look at. That is not an odd question. That is one of the most important questions that there is. Oh, okay. Uh, there you go. People who talk about data science, people say big data, big data. You know, big data is the big thing. Um, I like to say it's not big data; it's right data. Hmm. When you have enough data, you can prove anything you like. Yeah. 
um, you have to be really careful to make sure that using the right data for the problem that you that, that you're doing. So having too much data, you know, can leave you really lost because you can just find any conclusion you like. This player is better. This player is better because you have all of this data. What do you do with it? Um, you have to be really focused and really understand what you're doing, and you can't just be doing dry statistics. You have to be talking to people like Coach Kelly people who really know the game uh, and can tell you, you know, no, what you're saying, maybe there's very nice mathematics, but it's wrong. Yeah. That's great. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's not just data, it's interpretation of data. Exactly. And I have a question right. that sort of ties into that because I think on the one hand, it's exciting to know that analytics can give athletes yet another tool to make themselves better and stronger and more efficient. Yeah. And yet at the same time, we know that athletes rely so much on their own gut instinct to do what they do. So when they're now equipped with even more information, more analytics, does that somehow force them to call themselves into question? In other words, are they now relying less on their gut instinct and relying on data because they're being told that they're more efficient if they do X, Y, or Z? And I don't know if that's a question you can answer if you've heard any feedback from players, but I'm always curious about what that fine line is. Well, we, we, we had a lot of discussions actually with the coach about that kind of question because for coach also, there's a, there's a role of gut instinct sure. and, you know, what, you know, the eye test, you know, you look mm -hmm. and see, you know, which player is better at what. Um, and our results sometimes are consistent with his feelings and sometimes, you know, not quite as much. And that's where the role of judgment comes in. And this is the, the fundamental thing is that you want to use the analytics to help to refine the gut feeling. That you have to be very careful not to trust the analytics and then totally discard the gut feeling sure. and lose confidence in yourself. Um, you have to know you have to know when when to trust the gut and when to trust the analytics, and that's much more of an art than a science. I can't really say sure. all that much about it, uh, but it's a it's a sort of a dance that, that both the data scientist and the player kind of have to do together to help the player to get a better gut instinct, to make their instincts better as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, totally. So, Professor Shlomo, a couple of comments from our watchers out there. Uh, from Lisa Bocanegra, another Carpentersville fan of ours. Uh, she's loving the show and loving you as a guest. You're one of her favorites so far. And she says uh, she loves your view and uh, and with the project and how you help the players and how she she really loved how you learned more about basketball in the journey, too. So that was kind of nice. And Mike Swimney has a little fun comment for you. He's like, hey, uh, Shlomo, <laughs> let's make some money here. <laughs> Can you crack horse racing for us? Many have tried. <laughs> <laughs> but it does kind of make you wonder right when you get into like gambling and horse racing yeah. and things like that like i mean analytics and all that have kind of been tried for those things do you see that i mean that's actually well, kind of interesting right i actually if i can jump in yeah, i don't please. know um shlomo if you know joel sokol at georgia tech no so he's also uh, um, a director of uh, a data analytic 
division. Uh oh, I see a rivalry building. No, but it's really interesting (laughs) because he talks about somebody asked him that because he does do work for some professional teams and and he was asked like, how do you not go and use the information that you have and like win tons of money at the sports book in Las in Las Vegas, and he just he literally was like, you know, it's it's conflict of interest. I can't do it. So it's not such a far off comment that Mike made. Yeah. Well, there was a, a no, no, no. It's yeah. not. It's not crazy at all. Yeah, because yeah. you do have insight. I mean, you have access to insight. Okay, maybe it's for your your basketball team right now, but you have the ability to do analysis if you wanted to. That could, you know, lead to to personal gain. So, well, a th- good ethics question. Yes, there's ethics involved. I'm sure. You know, the fact that mm-hmm. uh, Shlomo's coming in with researching <laughs> things to help the team, yeah. you do have to remain objective in a certain degree of distance for this to re- uh, remain valid. Um, and I think with the development of uh, DraftKings and um, forgetting the other uh, website, FanDuel. FanDuel, that they there was one mm-hmm. player who was winning tremendous amounts of money, and he worked for the other side. And it was okay to play on the other person's side, but he knew all the analytics, and right. he would just enter right. hundreds of different variables yeah. and possibilities. Um, and so that was a conflict. So. Um, Hopefully, you know, they have tracking to uh, discover who's playing. Yes. And there's always probability. You, you, mm-hmm. Nothing is perfect, right? I mean, there's always a chance that that lineup that you said will be rock solid and play gate, great defense, that another guy will hit five horrible off-balance threes and beat your team. Uh, there's going to be that percentage of time that it's not correct. Yeah. So, Professor right, I mean, Shlomo, we're getting to that point in the show here. We are so grateful to you for being on the show. It's funny because you said you never saw yourself being on a sports show. But for us, we're really grateful to have you because, you know, the the motto of our show is we take a 360-degree view of life and sports. And we kind of pride ourselves in maybe touching upon topics that, you know, you're not going to see on ESPN or things like that. And when we get into the psychology and Certainly there's discussions about analytics, but being fortunate enough to have a professor of your caliber on the show is just a real boon for us, and we're very grateful for that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. But I'd like, uh, before we say goodbye to you, like, what's next for Professor Shlomo? You know, um, and it doesn't have to be sports-related, but, you know, you, you know, you're an amazing professor at an amazing school there, so what's, uh, what's in your future? Well... What we're doing with the data science program is we're doing a lot of really great stuff. I mean, the basketball analytics, the sports analytics, we're looking, we're, we're looking forward to, to broadening that, not just our basketball teams. We have a number of, 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 of sports teams. Uh, we want to broaden the use of analytics there uh, and see, see how we can, we can push that forward. Uh, and also just uh, developing all kinds of data science projects working with all industries, tech sector, non-tech sector, sports, uh, doing data science you know, for society. Um, the thing that really gets me going in the morning is I'm doing technical stuff that affects and helps people's lives. Uh, when I, you know, when I see, you know, when I see how well our basketball team did, when I see that, you know, that, that we can help, um, you know, the, we the, we can we can we can do data science that that helps people. We we you know we're we're looking at working with the city of Chicago to help different kinds of municipal planning things. Um, that's really what 
just a whole broad variety of things. I mean, I could I could talk for a long time about the specifics, but uh, leave it at that. And what does a data scientist like yourself do in his spare time? It's just like, oh, I like to go to a movie, or <laughs> or do you like to crunch numbers? Uh, I like I like to play with my kids and my dog. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, family homebody. So, Professor Shlomo Argaman. Thank you again for being on Distill It with Richard Listens. Like I said, we are so grateful that you took the time, especially since it's getting to be really late in Chicago right now. It's like almost 11 o'clock, right? Yeah, so, my evening is just getting started. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, we want to hear more about that. <laughs> A data scientist whose evening is just getting started at 11 o'clock. Very interesting. That's but when no, data we, science happens, though. You don't want to hear about it. <laughs> But we are very grateful to have you on the show. It's been incredible. I know that you're really active on Twitter, and we've had your Twitter handle right under us there. What is your Twitter handle? It's at Shlomo Argamon. Right. So if you know anyone wants to have any exchanges with you or anything like that, I'm sure they can send a tweet your way. More than happy. And, uh, and yeah, once again, just thanks for being on the show, and, and uh, we really appreciate it. So everyone Thank say you. goodbye to Shlomo. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you, Shlomo. Right, thank come you back, very much. Come back again. All right, a lot of fun. Thank you, All right. How incredibly cool was that? Very cool. So much fun. Here's to representing Division Three, the little guys. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know. Totally. I love it. Yeah. He was just like such a. It's it's such an interesting aspect, and I think we do pride ourselves in presenting looks of things in sports that other people don't. And hello to my friend Lori Storty Hanky who has joined the show. Hi. You know what I think is so fascinating is he's had an opportunity to really impact in a division that doesn't get much notice and it doesn't get much support. You know, as he was saying, the Division One teams, most of them probably have a lot of data analytics that they can they can use and, and go by. So I, did, I think it's really amazing that, you know, for a small school and in, in a Division Three, you know, school at that, that, you know he's made an impact it's great and jarvis it's looking to me like we have three minutes right and jarvis our engineer i want to thank him sometimes i let him slip through the wayside on saying thanks but he's the guy that's controlling all the buttons the microphone the skype he's finding all the great graphics for us even yeah. though it was kind of a curveball for him too like after that beginning it's like what the hell do i put up for this i don't get it <laughs> it was crazy but then he slipped right in and found a lot of great graphics so we really appreciate what you do, Darvis. Thank you. And uh, um, before we talk about some of the great upcoming shows that we have, we have some really great shows, but tonight was great. Um, Dr. Richard, UCLA in a couple of days, the athletics department. That's right. We continue the show on the road. We'll be out there. Come join us. Hop in some Facebook Live videos. Peter will ask you some challenging questions. Yes. We'll be on campus between 12 and 3. And uh, we want to thank uh, sports psychologist Dr. Sari uh, Shepard for inviting us out. Yes. And we'll be meeting with um, one of the head of UCLA psychiatry department, a research in eating disorders and athletic development, I believe, and uh, one of their leading psychologists as well. So, so that's going to be great. And then, you know, if you go to Facebook.com slash Richard Listens, we still have one more the fourth of four interviews with Jordan Watkins, but you can go to our facebook.com 
slash Richard Listens and see all of our interviews from our Stanford trip. And just because he joined us, we got to give that shout out to Yuri Rutman for doing facing the fears, getting out there, going to the Pan Am Games, and fighting jujitsu for the first time. It's amazing. Yeah. We love you. We support that repurposing of yes. your athletic yep, intelligence, yeah. and we we hope you keep going with it, brother. Yeah. And, and taking if, the chance. Yeah. It's and of course, since our last show, Garrison has taped for American Ninja Warrior. So we will be looking forward to once it airs, I suppose, we can have Garrison call in for a few minutes and let us know what the experience was like. That's right. And so that's going to be great. Happy birthday, Agent Neil Rosenshine. And uh, you know what? Invite any of us out. We want to come out. We want to see you. We want to meet you. This is a live and interactive show. And, uh, you know, we want to meet our fans. We want to meet future guests. And we want to put that out there. Yeah. So speaking of future guests and wanting to put it out there, our next show is Monday, April 3rd. And, you know, that also coincides with that's technically kind of the first day of baseball. There's a... There's a Sunday night game that's technically the first game of baseball, but then April 3rd is when it really gets started. And our guest that night is a gentleman named Ryan Bear, who has written a book, How to Get Drafted by a Major League Baseball Team. And the book has not come out yet. It's coming out, I believe, on April 17th. But we'll get an early peek at it, and we'll be talking to him there on the first day of baseball. But it's fascinating because I don't know his full backstory yet, but... He was a guy that I don't believe went to any major collegiate program or anything, but he kind of figured out, okay, what are baseball teams looking for? And he, like, molded himself into this person that he believed they were looking for, and he got drafted. It's amazing. Wow. It's, uh, so it's going to be, that's going to... Maybe we'll get Tim Tebow to call in. Yeah, wouldn't that be <laughs> something? So we have him coming up on Monday, April 3rd. Then on Monday, April 17th, our show after that... Speaking of Stanford, we are going to have via Skype Dr. Lisa Post, and she is at the Stanford Psychiatry Department, but she is the team clinician for the San Francisco 49ers, the professional football team from the NFL, San Francisco 49ers. She has a great story. Just her journey in life is going to be inspiring, not only to young ladies and women, but to everyone. Her, Her story is so inspiring and being a woman That's in a right. men's locker room surviving like surviving harassment who, and everything you know yeah. who has to stand up to these like six foot five 300 pound men unbelievable <laughs> put so, them in their place yeah. so that's going to be great and then a couple shows after that we a couple of the shows are going to be we're going to have another author gregory zuckerman who's written a book how 11 athletes overcame challenges in their youth to become stars including lebron james as mentioned in the book and that's going to be real inspiring for everyone, young people, the whole gamut. Nice. And, to look um, forward to. Yeah. And then you know, like in the vein of what the distillery does, Life After Sports, we're going to have Dr. Russ Carpenter, who was a collegiate athlete who got injured and then went on to become a freaking doctoral scientist <laughs> and fishing expert. And his story and journey is so inspiring. So a lot of great shows coming up. And I know we didn't leave you with like a lot of inspiration and motivation tonight but real quick in the last seconds dr richard leave us with an inspiring thought talk about curveballs i'm going to carson city (laughs) all right that's we're gonna go do it we're playing for the western state championship it's exciting i talk about the challenges of youth sports but now i get to appreciate the joy and excitement of it and uh thanks to all of you who've supported through the facebook fundraiser and uh i love it we're living it and it's interactive and it's um exciting and thank all of you who are supportive and 
share your knowledge along the way. And all your kids should go out there and support them in their athletics. Take so, the eight-hour so ride. Stop at Yosemite. <laughs> come to Carson City. There are smoke-free hotel rooms, I've learned. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Distill It with Richard Listens. And we can't wait to see you in two weeks on April 3rd live. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.